Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Mike Lynch. What's going on? This is Rashad. This is the Sports Sunday Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. It is now brought to you on the fan by your local Les Schwab Tire Centers. Doing the right thing since 1952. Kick the tires and light the fires, Big Daddy. The matchups. The superstars. The games. Starting defense. Place at the table. Wow! This is Football Sunday on the Fan. A comprehensive look at today's National Football League action with your hosts, Mike Lynch and Rashad Taylor. You all know what you have to do. Remember, no one, and I mean no one, comes into our house and pushes us around. This is Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Is it 9 o'clock? Is it 10 o'clock? Depending on what clock you're looking at, you don't know because it is actually 9 o'clock when daylight savings time thing happened yesterday. Falling back happened last night. So we got an extra hour of sleep. Word? Yeah. Is that why I'm so rested? Did you not know that? Man, I haven't paid attention to any of that and been preoccupied with other stuff. But, you know. (laughs) Yes, that's why you're so rested. That could explain why I woke up this morning just like, oh, right. Let's attack the day. Okay. Well, I like it. I'm, I'm here for it. All I right. imagine you waking up and just going, huh, I'm usually hungover right now. I feel yeah. great. You know, so you know what? Today I feel like I can actually go do this show and do a good job. You know? So, uh, well, well, that's the- because you got an extra hour of sleep. Now, if you wanted to feel this way every Sunday, you could just go to sleep an hour earlier. Uh, well, but I feel like that would do that. <laughs> Does that fit the Rashad Saturday night lifestyle? I don't Actually, know. you know, my Saturday nights aren't as crazy as you might think, Lynch. There is a lot of uh, uh, sitting and chilling. And, you know, there might be some adult libations there and a pretty young lady as well. But for the most part, it's a lot of just sitting and chilling and a lot of Netflix. Well, we all know what Netflix and chill leads to. No, not like that. Get your mind out of the gutter. <laughs> we all not know what like Netflix that. and chill leads to. Actually, actually, speaking of Netflix, this is just... I don't know, if anybody hasn't seen the Eddie Murphy Dolomite is my name uh, movie, man, it's awesome. Eddie Murphy is on his comeback is it trail new? right now. It is. I want to say it came out maybe a week ago, two weeks ago, something like that. But either way, man, watched it last night, and Eddie Murphy is still golden. Like, I mean, don't let stuff like you know a thousand words and some of the kid stuff that he's done, you know, fool you, man. Eddie Murphy's still Eddie Murphy, so it was awesome. Watched that last night. Uh, also, if you are in the mood for a new Game of Thrones type of show. Uh, to completely switch gears on that. Ooh. It's on Netflix. That's why it reminded me of it. Uh, the Witcher is coming out in December, which is based on a book series and a game series. Uh, and I played the game, and the game is fantastic. And the trailer looks fantastic. So if you want another show that's in the same realm of Game of Thrones in fantasy and all that kind of stuff, then that is what I would uh, suggest watching that trailer. See if you're into it. Uh, we got a lot of football stuff coming up on the show today, and I want to I want to get to that in a second because Rashad has some breaking news in the, the world of food. I do. That you're very excited about. You literally just told me about this two seconds ago. What did I say? That, I already can't remember. 
that extra hour of that sleep really, hour, really yeah, coming you know, in. There it is. Uh, that the Popeye spicy chicken sandwich. That's right, man. Is coming. You just right. talked about no, this honestly, two I've, seconds I've, ago. We've talked about a lot of stuff since then, but no, yeah, that. Hey, man, I saw that. Saw the article. I want to say Friday. And I know people have gone crazy since then. I know a lot of Popeyes have already been kind is of Is it approached. back officially like today? It or is, is it? but I think a lot of uh, a lot of the restaurants start kind of serving yesterday and stuff like that. Like if you got them, why not? Why wait till tomorrow if people are asking for them, you know, right now? It's make so you all that money. It, it made them so much money the first time around and that was just supposed to be one of those, you know, little things, but it was funny if you saw how Popeyes made everybody kind of step their game up for just a a brief second, you know, everybody tried to come out with something something else but you know what's weird the other chicken place kfc they continue to get progressively worse like the stuff on their menu if you see the commercials there's like a Cheetos sandwich or something like that at one point then there's this i mean that might be good i don't know oh it looks awful it's like a sandwich dusted in cheeto dust with like it looks it is looks, it red fl- hot flaming cheetos? it's not hot flaming hot and in, in that case i think people will try to eat it but just the regular cheeto sandwich like they're 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 reaching right now. They're reaching for the stoner crowd like Jack in the Box does. But That's not a bad crowd to reach for, let's be honest. It's not a bad crowd. I mean, that's why if you look at Jack in the Box menu, it looks like a bunch of stuff for, for stoner. You can get 13 tacos for a dollar at Jack in the Box. You can get, what, they, they, they make breakfast all day for those people. There's a like a fry thing that has like gravy. It looks, it looks really gross. But know. if you're stoned, I suppose it looks delicious. I'm not exactly a fast food guy, so uh, none of this really – is in my wheelhouse, but I did try the spicy Popeye's chicken sandwich because Dirt and Sprague tried it on the air and I was producing their show that day. So I got to try a bite. It was quite good uh, for a fast food spicy chicken sandwich. Uh, you're right. A lot of people, a lot of the other chicken places like release sandwiches at the same time. There were competitions between Wendy's and uh, Popeye's and Chick-fil-A. Notice the KFC was not in that challenge because you're no. right. They're going downhill, I'm sure. Uh, the question I had based on that is, have you seen... A fast food trend sandwich release be as popular as this? Never. Ever? Never. Maybe like the McRib? Nope. Because people go after that when it comes out. McRib is disgusting. Let's when the, go ahead. Maybe when In and Out opens in a new city. And that's pro- that's probably the closest thing. Like when In and Out opened in what is it, Medford? Yeah. Or whatever. When it opened there, people really drove the six and a half, seven hours to. Medford to There's go one opening in, in Salem out. soon, I think. And yet still, I'm not driving 45 minutes to Salem. Number one, In-N-Out's not that good to me. That's I've just, never had yeah, it. Yeah, In-N-Out's, it's a, it's just a, I call it just a regular-ass burger. They don't do bacon. They don't do chicken. They don't do anything. It's it's a double. But what about animal-style, Rashad? What do you mean? So you want it covered in uh, Thousand Island? Awesome. <laughs> that's, that's pretty I, don't, much, I don't know. I yeah, just I, like I said, I've never been there before. I just this is what I see be. on social media. I'd say In and Out is overrated. I will, but the the beef is good. It's it, it's a that's better beef said. patty than what you're gonna get at any other Hell fast yeah. food type of of joint for the most part. So that that is, I think, what they hang their hat on is their beef patties are better than other beef patties. But they they are a very just. That they have like four styles of burgers, and it's one patty, two patty, three patties. Cover four. it in, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Cover it in sauce, like, um. So, but the patties themselves, if you if you really want a a good a flavor beef, then then that's the way to go. But oh, overrated, indeed. Like a line around the corner, not needed. The 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 only time I've ever seen that in person was actually with a Sonic, and uh, that's because Sonic advertises nationwide, but doesn't have restaurants nationwide. And where I grew up, we'd never had Sonic, and they opened one, 
And because of the advertising for years and years and years, everyone always wanted to try their slushies, right? It's like, oh, my God, look at how refreshing that looks. And I drove by there once, not to go, just I was in the area. It was maybe a month after they had opened. There was still a two-hour line on the highway. Oh, yeah. It's, it I was like, are you kidding me, people? There's a place called Raising Cane's, and it's a it's a chicken, like a chicken strip spot. And they're usually in California and, I, I, you know, Vegas and some other places. I'm not sure if they're, like, back east and down south, but best chicken strips probably ever in little Texas toast. But when we went to California, the line was – it was 3 o'clock in the morning, and the line was all the way around the corner. It was like an hour and a half wait to be able to get food. I think there's one opening in Pioneer Place, though, the Pioneer mm. Square. So that'll right. be good. I mean, it's going to be in the mall. But, yes, man, Popeye's Chicken has definitely put everybody else on notice. So, you know, a couple – you know, they'll never touch Wendy's Chicken Sandwich. That's just me. I'm a big fan of the lettuce and tomato. The spicy chicken is great from Wendy's. But the Popeye's one is – Pretty damn good. It's good. A little fast food talk to start yeah. your Sunday so morning. There's, so Popeyes, if you're listening, you just got like free plugs from from us. So go ahead and send us that uh, little royalty, royalty check. We'll appreciate it. Well, you said free, so I think that's the key. Is no, it wasn't? It wasn't. They didn't free. have to pay for it. That's actually how the chicken sandwich got so popular the first time. We did that, like Marketing. social media and yeah. stuff like that. So yeah, this time you can pay us. There you go. Gardner Minshew just threw an interception, which is very depressing for the two of us in this uh, in this vicinity that have him starting a fantasy today. That's me and Jesse. Um, Let's get into some football for the rest of the show, shall we? We have, of course, our fantasy scramble coming up at 930. And I think we're going to try something today. And uh, because it is now legal in the state of Oregon with the Oregon Lottery Scoreboard app, let's include in our fantasy segment uh, a little bit of uh, a little bit of gambling. And Rashad admitted today to not really understanding gambling very much. And I'm assuming some of you listeners out there also who listen do not understand the world of sports gambling or football gambling very well. So what we'll do today at about 945 is we'll kind of do a crash course, a little a little teaching session of how it works and uh, what you're looking for and all that kind of stuff to kind of help Rashad out. And then uh, maybe next week we'll start dropping a couple of lines that we like for the week. And, uh, you know, not all of us are going to be putting money on every single line. I mean, I don't think any any three of us have a lot of expendable income to, to, to nope, use sorry. on gambling, but uh, it's still fun. And I've still put a couple of games on today. So um, maybe we'll start doing that every week in the round that fantasy scramble time. We'll talk the ducks win, which was a huge statement. win. we'll talk the beeves win, they're now four and four Go uh, Beavs. in the West coast bias in the second hour, just how good are the Niners? And also the Seahawks have added Josh Gordon off of waivers. And also apparently uh, Russell Wilson pushed to get Antonio Brown. So some interesting notes with the Seahawks as well. That's all to come. And then hit it or love it, of course, at 1030. Text the better you today. Text line at 55305. And then you can find us on social media. I'm at Mike Lynch 27 on Twitter. Rashad's at TaylorMade503. Jesse's at Jesse Osmond, A-S-Z-M-A-N. And by the way, as far as I know, as far as I believe, I think we're done missing shows. I think the Seahawks are done having morning games. I'll double check that in the break here just to make sure. And obviously flexing can happen. But uh, we missed two of the last three shows because the Seahawks had 10 a.m. games. And uh, hopefully that is now in the past. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed indeed. All right. Coming up next, Ducks win, Beavs win. Also, Utah won, which we can uh, talk about as well. They beat Washington. Lots of good Pac-12 games yesterday. This is Football Sunday on The Fan. Weekends were made for sports. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Carlos Hyde just pulled a, uh, 
Well, uh, he pulled a Carlos Hyde, I guess. He had a 70-yard touchdown run, and he got it stripped at the one-yard line because he didn't know the guy was behind him punching the ball out. It went into the end zone for a touchback to give the Jags the ball back, and Minshew just threw a pick right back to Houston. Well, I mean, sorry, Jesse. That that happens. Instantly know, threw a pick. That that happens. Now, now, who are you? Now, if you're if you were just on the offense and you're the Texans, you're pissed. You're coming off. You're looking at him like you weak ass, bro. Can't believe you just fumbled right there. Like there's all these things you're mumbling under your breath, and then they get an interception. You have no time to do that anymore, and it's back on the field. And so, you know that that's how things. How that's how quickly things can change. You know, in football, but. Yeah, looks like that. Is that a pick? No, it was to like six? the two yard line. So Hyde has a chance to make up for his fumble. Yeah, or, you, do you think the ball just, back to him? You know, give it to Hopkins. You know, let Hopkins. You know, get in the end zone would be nice. Well, since you don't, they don't get him in the end zone anymore. That was two Minshew picks that were basically the same play. Why he just we... overthrew the receiver by like five yards because he was under pressure and it went into a guy's arms right out, right behind him. I don't understand why. He had a guy open too. Why is Gardner Minshew good? Because he had like two good games or dude he's been insanely good the no, entire he's been time super efficient this is a he's getting like outlier three touchdown passes a game he's running the ball he's escaping pressure he's been so good <laughs> this is what happens when you play a divisional opponent you know you, you typically the game gets a little sloppier sometimes you know you got two defenses that are proficient to understand their opponent and make things difficult for each other and jags you know they just haven't been able to get things going today and they don't give it to Carlos Hyde. Instead, they give it to Deshaun Watson for the rushing touchdown. No, nope. oh, no. Oh. Are you kidding me? Yeah, that should be a touchdown, That's a touchdown. over the pile. All right, let's stop. Let's stop announcing the game. <laughs> let's get into some college football here before we get into the NFL. The rest of the show. Oregon with a super impressive win. Uh, text your thoughts to the better you today. Text on to five five three zero five fifty six twenty four. Their win over USC. It was a very ugly start to the game. The Ducks were down 10-zip after the first quarter. Justin Herbert threw a horrific interception. Uh, Jalen Red stopped the route on a little hitch route. Herbert had a miscommunication and threw it past him right into the linebacker's arms. And then he also over or just underthrew a receiver on the first drive that would have probably been a, a long catch or a touchdown catch. And instead, it turned out to be a tip ball and gave the ball right back to USC. He really started poorly and was... In the second quarter, moving forward, was able to kind of settle down, correct himself, and actually had a wonderful game from that point on. He was very accurate. He threw three touchdown passes. Uh, Jawan Johnson catching three touchdown passes himself in his first game, truly being the number one, truly being the starter. And also got a pick six, also got a kick return for a touchdown, and forced a couple of other turnovers on USC. The defense showed up when they needed to, and the offense did enough to keep the game kind of in, in that acceleration. Uh, that's not the right way to say it. They kept the game kind of at, at arm's reach. They kept accelerating. They kept they kept their foot on the gas to kind of keep USC behind, which sometimes you don't see Oregon do in the second half. So overall, I was super impressed with the win, uh, minus the first quarter. I think anytime you go on the road and you're able to pull out a big win uh, against a okay team, a good team, that's a – that's a solid win, and I think like most of us, we're all looking at this game before the uh, before the kickoff and saying, "This isn't the one Oregon should lose. They can't lose this one," because we've seen a lot of times like they, you know, 
Oregon, you know, one of the whatever school from the Pac-12 you're rooting for, they finally get within that top 10 or, you know, just on the border of the top 10, and then they lose that big game against a team that they shouldn't lose to. I mean, if you're looking at, at talent, Oregon is a much better team than USC. So they shouldn't have lost that game. But a lot of times with all that pressure that a lot of these kids feel, because that's what they still are, kids, they can go into that game, especially going into USC being down 10 in the first half and still come back and completely, you know, blow them out. So uh, 28 points just in the second quarter, you know, for Oregon. Just as things got going for them, you can see Justin Herbert's confidence growing more and more. Man, kid was 21 for 26, you know, so he didn't miss you know, a, a lot of a lot of balls. You know, he didn't miss a, miss a lot of receivers out there. So he was did exactly what he was supposed to do. Travis Dye, I mean, the running game is still not what you're used to seeing. It's it's still it's still well, not, after last week. Verdell was insane was last week. You know, he was great. But that was one of his first, one of his couple great games of of the year. You know that he's had so that he's had so far. So I look at a team like Oregon and I look at the running game they have. And, of course, you're not overly impressed with it, but it, it works when it needs to. And I think that's the important part to remember. Like, when when it, when they need a big play, for the most part, they get it. And you mentioned Jawan Johnson. How huge was he yesterday? Like, and then you then you start going, okay, well, maybe these receivers aren't as bad as we thought. Well, imagine you know, if you had him and Micah Pittman in the Auburn game. All, all of a sudden. Maybe you, you know, don't lose that game. Maybe you're undefeated you know, at this th- point. There you go. You know, so and really you, you keep thinking back to that game and saying, if you were the Ducks and if you can – redo that game today, man, I'd, I'd pick the Ducks 10 times out of 10 against Auburn's because for most of that game, the Ducks were pushing them around, but they didn't have any weapons on the outside. Now that you have Jawan Johnson back, now that you have Micah Pittman back, Jalen Redd for like seven games in a row had caught a touchdown, you know, up until the last two games. These are the last two that he hasn't had one, but he was big for Oregon's offense. So I think now you finally see a team that's where they thought they should have been in week one, but now that here here it is and is week of the season uh yeah yeah we here they are week 10 uh and you're looking at possibly moving up into the top you know t- top five or six sorry Gardner Minshew just fumbled no Gardner there's a lot there's a lot of there's a lot of happen. anger for yeah. me as a Gardner Minshew owner right now as he just had three turnovers on three straight drives uh anyway yes the running game is a bit of a concern it is what they want to do well and when it works it's great but their their running backs aren't consistent enough that you know which guy to trust. However, you have a lot of running backs, so you go to the guy that works. You go to the guy that uh, that's having the hot hand. For part of the game, that was Darian Felix, who we haven't seen all year. He was getting a lot of the rushes for him. They basically stopped going to Verdell. And then you're right. At, at the end, it was Travis Dye. He was good enough to kind of keep the ball moving. One final thought I had is that Tyler Shuck looked good. Now, I know it was against a defense in USC that had given up at the end of the game. I don't know he threw three passes, but he showed poise. And after watching Braxton Burmeister in previous years and some of the other Ducks backup quarterbacks, I think you got to be excited about what Tyler Shuck will bring to the Ducks program next year after watching that one drive they brought him in. I mean, man, Gus Johnson and Joel Klatt were freaking out that Justin Herbert was still in the game in that fourth quarter. Like, they would not stop talking about it, and they finally brought Tyler Shuck in. Um, And he played well. He played well. I I was happy to see that because Herbert's obviously done after this year, and you would hope that you have a guy who can – kind of keep the momentum going if Oregon can keep winning like this. And, uh, I mean, it's short and it's a small sample size, but it was it looked good, looked promising. No, I mean, he was two for three from, you know. But he looked poised. Yeah, no, it's 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 one of those things. Like, it's, he came in, he did what he was supposed to do. You know, he didn't really make any mistakes, especially towards the end of the game, threw a touchdown. So three of his passes, one of them went for a touchdown. So, you know, 
that's incredibly good. But it's it's you you're okay with what you saw from Tyler Shuck. You know, at least in again that small sample size you were talking about. You're okay with that because he looked, again, he looked poised. He looked like he was ready for the moment. It's not really a whole lot you can say when you're up 56-24. You know, you don't think that kid's going to go in there and lose the game for you. So there's no real pressure on him. Even if he does throw an interception and they score a touchdown or whatever the case is, like they're not going to pull him out of the game for that. And it would be a growing, growing pain for him. So uh, you have n- nothing really to lose at that point, putting Tyler Shuck into the game. But, again, if he plays anything – like he's played when he does get into the game, even in garbage time, then I think if you're the Ducks or if you're a Ducks fan, uh, you're that's it looks promising for you. Well, it's so, the second time you've got to see him this year, and both times he has looked poised and ready to come in, which, like you said, Braxton Bur- Burmeister was deer in the headlights every time he came out on the field, whether it was garbage time or not. Um, it, it It's good to know because you know Herbert's gone after this year, and there's always that question in, in – the college athletics what's up next because there can be a dramatic fall off if you're not prepared and I think I think that that has been kind of quelled a little bit because you get to see Shuck out there you get to see him look good and familiar with the offense and comfortable with the offense and ready to rock and roll and there might be a bit of a drop-off considering you have a guy that's a Heisman candidate at the quarterback position but it looks like with with an offense that likes to run first, that you should be good next year coming back ready to win games. The only concern will also be the offensive line because three yes. quarters of it's graduating. But uh, they're, they've shown they have some good backups who are going to be able to slide into starting roles next year there. Uh, Oregon wins. Utah beats Washington, comes back in that game, and neither team has a p- particularly tough game left on the schedule. So if, if both teams take care of business, that would lead to two one-loss teams playing each other in the Pac-12 championship game, which is the best-case scenario for the Pac-12, hopefully getting a team into the college football playoff if a one-loss team makes the college football playoff this year. Oregon State getting yet another win, this time against Arizona, 56-38. to 38, And the Beavs are 4-4, four and 3-2 four. and two in conference play. And this... Look, you you could have been the most positive Oregon State fan going into the year that there was going to be improvements. I don't think any Oregon State fan saw this coming. No. The offense is really good. Jake Luton, now that he's healthy, actually looks like a good starting quarterback in college football. And, man, when that running game is working, it is good. Artavis Pearson and Jamar Jefferson healthy again this week, finally, both getting over 100 yards rushing in the game. You've got an amazing wide receiver in Isaiah Hodgins who might be one of the best in the conference at this point. And uh, he's still pretty young, too, which which is good for Beaver fans. Arizona was a winnable game, I thought. And I'm glad to see that Oregon State was able to prove that right and get a, get an almost 20-point win in that game. They can get two more wins. They can make a bowl game. You're hearing some of the Beavs players and, and coaches, they're talking bowl game. And they got tough games the rest of the way. The, the last four games in their schedule are hard. Washington, Arizona State, Washington State, Oregon. Are two wins in there? I don't know. But – you're close. You're in the bowl game conversation, and that's, what, a year or two before I thought I was going to be saying that for the Beavs. So that is absolutely huge if you're an Oregon State fan. I, I've been talking about this all year, small positives, small positives. Take everything you can and try to keep improving. They've blown that out of the water these last few weeks getting these wins because now you're getting huge positives. No, absolutely, and you, you beat a good Cal defense. That's what we, That's the number one thing we have to say, man. That Wilcox-led defense is, is incredibly talented, and he went out there and beat them. Uh, and at you know at Cal, and then goes to at Arizona, and beats them too. You know this this is this Oregon State team. I'm not going to say they're for real, 
But these, this is the improvement that I think we've been waiting for for the past few years. And Coach Jonathan Smith has came in, and he's preaching all the right stuff, and he's getting all the right guys to do stuff. Now, if the defense could really match the offense, they'd be great. But, I mean, again, you, you're, you're winning games. They've won four out of their last six games. You know, that's a great trend to kind of be on. Washington doesn't look unbeatable. They can at home, considering you just won two road games and you come back home, that could be a big win for the Beavs. And then a game against Arizona State at home, that can be another big win for the Beavs. So, yes, they're they're if you're if you're at this point and you got four wins, you're absolutely looking at six wins and going to the bowl to a bowl game. And if that happens, man, John, hey, that that's my coach of the year. I'm not, like I said, I'm not sure it's going to happen with those four games left. Uh, maybe the Arizona State game because they, they don't score quite as many points, but the defense is still a concern. It's played better, but you've got Washington, Oregon, and Washington State all coming up. That's going to be – I mean, it might be really high-scoring games, but those are going to be tough games for sure. But still, what a sensationally successful season for for the Beavs. I know it's 4-4. Four and four. I know it doesn't sound sexy, but, man, what, what, what a fun season so far it has been for them. And often, I love what Jake Luton's doing out there. He's been so good, and he's so calm in the pocket – and it's nice to see that because when he was hurt, he kind of had that the feeling that he was being chased by ghosts uh, to do a same Darnold. I'm seeing ghosts out there. Uh, and he doesn't feel that way anymore when you watch them. So really, really good. I think it was a good week for the Pac-12. I really do nationally because there weren't a lot of great games. And the best games were Pac-12 games, and they were both good games in Oregon, USC, and uh, Utah, Washington. All right, Fantasy Scrambles coming up next. Text in your Fantasy Start State questions to the Better You Today text line at 55 305. We'll get to as many as we can, but first, Jesse S. Sports Center. This is what you get when you wait until the last minute. It's your pick. Fine, whatever. Blah, 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 blah. This guy. A kicker. I like kickers. Listen up, you fantasy coaches. Mike and Rashad are here to save your butt with some last minute injury news and roster advice. And the only reason my team finished as terrible as it is because everybody on the team was hurt. Literally every single player on my team was hurt. This is Fantasy Scramble, part of Football Sunday on 1080 The Fan. It's just funny at this point, Rashad. Yeah, I feel like you guys just enjoy making me look like an ass, you know? <laughs> I think that's what it is. I don't like it. Well, hey, a couple You're of years ago, said it. every single one of your players was hurt. I did say it. That was one year, though. I've been really good since then. God, man, players can mess really up. Really good. Really good since then. Happy? Well, actually, that's actually that's a, that's a lie, too. Actually, <laughs> this year, I'll be honest, this year, it's been a struggle. You know, uh, I lost some guys. Um you Never know, seen like one of your guys has hurt. No, I, no, Shocking. I lost. No, I lost Njoku. <laughs> that that was one of those things. I lost Mahomes for the past couple of weeks. Um, Antonio Brown was one of my guys. Like coming into the season, it looked really bright. Although I have won three of my last. I lost my first four, but then I've run my last three by like, you know, in in blowout fashion. So I I don't know if anyone else is noticing this, and maybe this is just in my own personal leagues. But I'm in a couple. There's a lot of teams who are four and four. A lot, a lot of, of teams are teams. really parody, even this yeah. year. And I'm not sure if anyone else out there is noticing that. Uh, it's just, it's very, very even. I'm not sure that that could just mean people are getting better at fantasy, right? Or maybe it's just been one of those years where star players have been inconsistent and it's not leading to a lot of blowout wins for a lot of teams. Uh, let's get into the questions again. Text them into the Better You Today text line at 55305. And remember, we're going to uh, try something a little bit different this week and get a little uh, sports gambling in in the second segment of this so get your questions in now we'll get to them now first one do i start waller and hunter henry or one of them at tight end and then preston williams or zach pascal at flex um that's an interesting one because 
Waller is currently, at least on ESPN, he's projected to be the number one tight end in fantasy this week, and he is by far Derek Carr's number one target, and he's playing a Detroit defense that is uh, not great, not terrible, but not great against the pass. Hunter Henry is kind of turning into Phillip Rivers' number one target, and you know Phillip Rivers is going to be throwing the ball a lot in a Green Bay game that's that's uh, sure to have some points scored by the Packers. So to be honest, with the high risk of both Pascal and Preston Williams, I would say start both tight ends because I think you got a pretty solid floor with both of them. Yeah, considering who you said you're, you know, who, who else you would probably put in those flex positions, uh, I think Hunter Henry and Darren uh, Waller are probably your best options, especially if you're looking to score or looking to uh, really put some points up. Hunter Henry's been awesome this year. So since he came back from injury. Yeah, absolutely. You know, which I don't, I don't think a lot of people, you know, you're always a little squeamish to take guys, you know, after the injury, but he's been awesome uh, this year, even though the Chargers have just been kind of okay. And then Darren Waller, like you said, he's been uh, Derek Carr's number one guy, especially after he lost all his targets. So I'd probably do that as well. All right. Who, who are the options again? Uh, it's either Waller and Henry, tight end and flex, mm-hmm. or pick one tight end and then Pascal or Preston Williams. Inflex. Uh, uh, I'm assuming this is PPR. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, Preston Williams is intriguing to me, but no, I'm I'm still gonna stick with. I I think you guys are right. Um, Darren Waller, Waller the baller has been really good, and then um, Hunter Henry's uh, main target. Not to mention Darius Slay looks to be playing today for. Um, wait a minute. Detroit. Detroit, for Detroit, so that's gonna really kind of hamstring Keenan Allen, despite the fact that he wants to get out there and get fantasy guys a big game. Darius Slay's been really good, so I, I, I think that's gonna open up things for uh, Hunter Henry. Full point PPR pick one running back, and this is actually a pretty tough one. It is Jordan Howard, Royce Freeman, Sony Michelle, or Tyreek Cohen. Uh, I'm eliminating Cohen. I know he's a good pass-catching guy, but uh, nobody on the Bears' offense deserves a chance except for Allen Robinson today, I think. Um, Sony Michelle doesn't catch passes. He is obviously a great guy if he is given the ball at the one-yard line, but that is no guarantee in a Patriots offense, and you're going to be playing a pretty good Ravens defense today. Uh, Jordan Howard doesn't catch passes. I'm actually thinking of going Royce Freeman in this one because Freeman's gotten uh, the goal line looks the last couple of weeks for the Broncos, and he's become more of a pass catcher. He's got 10 catches over the last three games. I'm going to go Royce Freeman in this one. Uh, Yeah, I'd probably go Royce Freeman as well for all the reasons. Oh, it says pick two. Oh, so pick, pick two. two. Okay, well, I'm, I'm going to add Sony Michelle to that. Sony Michelle, Royce Freeman. Um, oh, jeez. Um, I'm going to go Royce Freeman and um, – Jordan Howard, you know, with a lot of times with Patriots running backs, we know, and I think Rex, Rex Burkhead is playing again this week. Um, that means there's a lot of different running backs that the Patriots could use. So Michelle could play the whole game. Michelle could play three snaps. So I think I'm going to ha- go ahead and take Royce Freeman and Jordan Howard. Trey Cohen's only been useful this year when Chicago's been extremely behind and he's getting about four or five catches on the final drive. Like that's happened a couple times this this season and those have been his only useful weeks I don't really think that's going to happen this week um, I I really think Royce Freeman is your best option here because he is utilized in the passing game PPR that is huge at the running back position and then he, Mike's right he is getting the goal line work the last two weeks getting in the last two weeks and that is the right move for the Denver Broncos who should ultimately be even more run heavy um, this week and you could see even a few more Checkdowns to their their running back with Brandon Allen at quarterback. Yes, Brandon Allen, 
the quarterback of the Denver Broncos. Now, so last week, Lindsey caught four more balls than Freeman did. It's kind of a timeshare. But I think the chance of Freeman getting catches is, is important. I think they're both they're both getting about six e- easily about four to six targets a game, and so they're both being utilized. That one typically is having more than the other, but they're both getting reception. So that's your number one guy. And then I agree with Rashad and Jordan Howard. I he looks good. He's got a decent matchup, and he is the goal line guy there. Um, sure, he's not making plays in the ga- passing game, but when you're getting the goal line work as much as he is, I think he's got a, a real high upside in that respect. By the way, they gave Gardner Minshew the fumble on that last play. So he only has eight points now instead of 10. Just so uh, all you Gardner Minshew owners can uh, be miserable like we are. Next question, full point PPR at the flex. Philip Lindsay, Tyrell Williams, or Juju Smith-Schuster? That's a tough one. So Juju is getting a ton of targets a game. He's getting about nine to 10 targets per game which is great if you're in a full-point PPR. The problem is is the quarterbacks throwing him the ball have not been as good as Ben Roethlisberger, so he's only getting three to five catches a game. Now, last week he scored a touchdown. He kind of It kind of felt like the old Juju Smith-Schuster had come back a little bit, and since Mason Rudolph is playing, I think you trust him more than uh, – I forget the name of the, the third stringer that they were playing for a week, but uh, you trust him more. Tyrell Williams has caught a touchdown almost every single week this, this, week, this year, but he's only getting three catches a game thereabouts. So that's a very high-risk, high-reward play, I think. Now, I know a touchdown every week is consistent, but with only two or three catches, it still feels very high-risk. Philip Lindsay is a safe pick here. Uh, he's going to get carries, a lot of them, because they're going to run the ball a lot today. He's going to catch some passes. He's pretty touchdown-dependent. Um, so I'm going to do a Jesse. If you're feeling fairly comfortable, I might go Philip Lindsay just to get a good floor. If not, I'm going Juju, if you need some points. Um. Phil Lindsay's had a you know four touchdowns on the season, about four yards, four and a half yards a reception. Um, not a bad receiver. He's he's definitely not a you know he's not a superstar yet, but he's not a bad one. I think I'm I'm gonna go Juju anyway. I, I think I'm gonna take talent over anything else to be able to do something. Even though even with a backup quarterback, I'm still gonna go ahead and go with Juju. Um, man, th- this one's really hard. Uh, I I do like the matchup for Tyrell. I, I mean. It, the sure he's three 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 five six receptions but he's also got six seven three seven seven in targets so he's getting enough targets and he does have a touchdown in every single game he has played um average receptions pretty good um uh, but i i think he's more of a of, of a flex play i think i would like Lindsay a little bit more i think he's a guy that's gonna have more opportunity in the passing game and a higher higher upside um I think I'm, I like Lindsey. Yeah, in that one, in that respect. Devontae Adams or Mike Williams? There's no information here, Ugh. PPR or whatever, but uh, Devontae Adams is supposed to play. They say he is likely to play. He's going to test out his injured toe before the game. Um, he's he sat longer than I think even the Packers thought, so in my, in my opinion, that means he's probably playing today, and if that's the case, I'm taking Devontae Adams. If Devontae Adams is playing, you got to start him. I think it's just that simple. Uh, I Again, I agree with you. If if he's playing, if he's able to go, then uh, I don't know if that's even really a question. I think you got to fire up Adams. I I don't like using Mike Williams at all. This, I mean, outside of Hunter Henry, this passing attack for the Chargers has been just lackluster. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm 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 firing up Adams if he's if he's healthy and ready to go today. Sixteen team league. Rest of the season, do I go Garoppolo or Daniel Jones? Um, 
That's really tough because Garoppolo looked great this week, right? And that's been the biggest knock on on Jimmy G so far is that it's been mostly the Niners defense. We're going to get to the Niners in, in the next hour, by the way. Um, mostly the Niners defense that's been carrying him. But last or this week, this Thursday, he wound up throwing for, what was it, three, four touchdown passes? Four touchdown passes, got 29 fantasy points. Uh, he's on the better team. Uh, Daniel Jones is still a turnover machine. He's He threw four touchdowns last week too, but I think I'm going Jimmy G the rest of the way. Better you know, team. You're talking about a lot about San Francisco, but little of it has to do with Jimmy Garoppolo outside of uh, this week's really good game that he had. Uh, I think Daniel Jones is just better at this point, even though he's turned he had a good game last week. You, you mentioned the turnovers, but uh, yeah, I think I'm going to go with Daniel Jones. Um, this one is kind of interesting. I think I think you have kind of a more steady guy uh, in Jimmy Garoppolo. I think he's on a better team. I, but at the same time, he's been slightly inconsistent this year. the The schedule's not too bad. You still got Seattle, Arizona coming up. Green Bay's kind of tough. Baltimore is. Yeah, I mean, that's how you attack them is through the air. New Orleans sucks, but Atlanta week 15, Rams week 16, that one, that one's interesting now. Um, they obviously beefed up their secondary recently. As far as, it, it's just, to me, it's, it, I, I think you have a little bit higher upside with Daniel Jones, but I think you're going to have more bust rates with Daniel Jones as well. So they're you're going to have more consistency if you avoid the rookie quarterback who has had some really big games, but has also had some really poor high turnover rates as well. All right, let's go rapid fire to wrap this up here. Full point PPR flex, Danny Amendola or Devin Singletary. I'm starting Stafford. Amendola has been getting so many targets the last two weeks. And when quarterbacks find a guy that they like, that's an underneath receiver, they're going to keep going to that guy. Uh, I think Devin Singletary is actually a pretty good play this week, but I'm going Amendola, especially because you're starting Stafford. You're going to get the stack effect. I go, I'm going Amendola. I'm going Amendola. Uh, yeah, Amendola's not bad. I, I, I think one of the reasons he's getting these these um, short area targets is because they don't have a running game anymore and they don't have uh, pass catchers out of the backfield that they can really trust. And so then you move on to the next guy that kind of helps give you an extension to your running game. That's Amendola. This text is, uh, I have Deshaun Jackson. Should I play him over Hardman, Tate, or Diggs, non-PPR? Um, I, I don't know which Tate that is. Auden Tate has a buy, if that's the Tate that you're talking about. Um, Assuming Golden Tate. Oh, Golden Tate? Okay. And then uh, I would probably play Diggs, if we're being honest with you. Diggs is, has been inconsistent this year, but... The last three weeks, seven catches all all those weeks, three touchdowns all in one game, but he's been consistent. And you're playing the Chiefs defense, which has not been good against the pass. Why why are you, why are you sitting Diggs? Matt Thielen's coming back. That's why. I, uh, it's fine. Stephon Diggs not, is still it, good. It, he hasn't been very good with Thielen. That's the problem. So you would choose Deshaun Jackson over him? Uh, possibly. Yeah, I like Deshaun Jackson. It, he just has the big playability for John, Deshaun Jackson is just you fear it. Defense is feared every week, and there's still nothing you can do about this. He's only played one week, so. Philly's been missing him for sure. Like, they've been missing him something fierce. Like, like their replacement for Deshaun Jackson has been Dallas Godert. I'm, I'm, I'm just I'm, saying he's that been good. He's been good. Yes, but who's who do you want more catching the ball? Dallas guy, Goddard. Come on, man. You, you want the guy who's going to give you the 70 yard touchdown threat every single play. Uh, so this I mean, this to me is I think Desha- um, Jackson gives you a higher like higher upside, but he also gives you a higher bust rate. So this is back to my classic. I think I think Stefan has a little bit safer floor, and he obviously has some really high upside as well, but Thielen coming back quells that. Not to mention, I kind of consider this a primetime game, even though it's not really. I, 
because you're going against Kansas City, who doesn't do well in primetime, Kirk Cousins. So I, I just I I kind of like Deshaun Jackson, but if you want a safer play, Stefan Diggs. Uh, full point PPR, Robbie Anderson or Jamison Crowder, both Jets wide receivers against the Dolphins. Honestly, I'm going to say Anderson for the chance to have a touchdown. That's a pick your poison. I think they're exactly even. I think that's basically pick whoever you want. They'll probably both get about the same amount of points. Anderson probably has a higher ceiling. Then selfishly, I'm choosing Jamison Crowder because I have to start him as well. So, yes, let's if we're going to suffer, let's suffer together. I, I like Robbie Anderson this week as well. I, he's, he's, he's up for a big game. Two more, Montgomery or Singletary. I'm going Singletary in that one. I think he's going to have a good game this week. Uh, I like Singletary as well. Need to see it Words. one more time out of Montgomery. Go ahead and fire up Singletary. And do I bench the number one quarterback, Lamar Jackson, for Sam Darnold this week? I have not been on the bench Lamar Jackson this week train. I know the Patriots defense is elite. I know what they've been doing to quarterbacks, but I think Lamar Jackson's skill set will still allow him to get consistent enough points to be valuable. Darnold against the Dolphins is a, a decent play, I think, as well. The Dolphins defense sucks, but it's also Sam Darnold. So I don't I don't like benching Lamar Jackson this week personally. I love Lamar Jackson. Uh not against the Patriots today. Um, I probably will go Sam Darnold against Miami. I am worried about Jackson. I mean, we saw that three interception performance a couple weeks ago. It was his one bad game. I could see something similar. I don't I don't think he's going to be 10 points, but I could see him being like, you know, 15, 16 points this week when you want more out of him. Um, at the same time, he could blow up. He's 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 Lamar freaking Jackson. Now, now. There are a couple guys I would think about it. And one was Gardner Minshew. That blew up in my face. I'm going to be honest there because I did do that. And the other one is Matt Stafford. We'll see if that blows up in my face because I'm doing that one as well. But outside of that, I, I think you're starting Lamar Jackson. All right, let's break. Coming up next, we're going to do a crash course in football gambling for Rashad, who is not uh, all too... Uh, all too knowledgeable about the topic. And then any of you out there also who have been in intrigued by the Oregon lottery app and haven't done it. Cause you're a little bit overwhelmed by the numbers, a little bit of a crash course for you. That's next year on football Sunday on the. Weekends were made for sports. This is sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 the fan. So now that the Oregon Lottery came out with their scoreboard app and sports betting is legal in the state, except for college at this point, um, I've been seeing a lot more questions. I've been hearing a lot more talk from people generally just about lines and about what picks they're making. Uh, you can, on this app, you can bet as little as $1 on a game and just, you know, just to have a little extra something to, to pay attention to if you want. Uh, obviously, you can bet really big numbers as well. There's really, excuse me, I think it's like $250,000 is the max that you can bet, so... If you, if you have a lot of money and you want to spend it, then it's also available to you as well. And uh, text in the Better You Today, text line 55305. Would you guys be interested in, as part of our fantasy scramble every week, doing a little a little portion of it on what lines or games we like uh, in the NFL that coming day? Let us know, 55305. And uh, Rashad actually uh, admitted today he's not much of a, a guy who understands gambling. For, for sports. Yeah, I don't know if it's necessarily that I understand it. It's just that because I, I understand, like, man, you know, uh, two under, or, you know what I'm saying? Or, I'm like, okay, not two under, but. Uh, like minus yeah, two. Yeah, minus two or, you know, plus two. It's like, okay, I get that. You know, minus two means they're, you know, that team's supposed to win, you know, and then plus two means that team might lose or supposed to lose or somewhere around there. Here's the cold part. I lived in Vegas for five years. See, so you're, and I'm already just, telling that you kind of don't really and, know. No, it's just one of those things. I lived there five years and I was like, man, gambling is so boring and I'm not keen 
on losing my money. Like, there's something about it that just doesn't sit well with me. You know, there's so many other things I can do with that money, you know. but Now, the thing that, I, that, I, that I've been saying is sports gambling is one of the better kinds, though, because you have more control because you can do research, you have knowledge, you have a knowledge base, whereas when you're in Vegas, it's like you're, you're up against the house. You know, you could be a really good poker player, right? You have more control over that, but some of that is even just blind luck as well. Um, it's one. It's the one type of thing that you can spend money on that it feels like you have more of a chance. Now, obviously, I think that's probably wrong, but it feels like you have more of a chance because you have so much information available to you to help you make your picks. So quick little crash course, and for those of you out there who also are not super keen on gambling, if you're interested in it, here's just a quick little crash course. Uh, this is a very basic look at it. There's way more details to, to, to it than this, but... There are three main ways to bet football, and we'll focus solely on football, right? There's the spread, which Rashad alluded to. Uh, if you want to use the minus two as an example, let's say let's say earlier today, the Texans were a two-point favorite against the Jaguars, right? Texans would be minus two, Jags would be plus two. If you bet on the Texans, they have to win by more than two points for your bet to land. If you pick the Jaguars, they have to win or lose by two or, or less than two points, and then you win your bet. Does that make sense? Yes. So that is how a spread works. You can pick either of those numbers if you'd like in gambling, and then it tells you the uh, – it gives you a number next to that, like minus 110, which means if you put $10 on it – if you put $100 on it, uh, you're going to win $90. Um, you, you need to put 110 on it to win 100 is a better way to look at it. If it's plus 110, you put 100 on it to win $110. So it tells you the odds you're getting on that spread. The second way to bet football is the money line, straight up. That's you picking who's winning the game. No spread, no nothing. You're picking who's winning. The, the odds on that tend to be way more beneficial if you're picking an underdog. For example, uh, last night I picked the Timberwolves in the NBA on the money line at like plus 150, which is pretty good value if you're gonna if you're gonna win that bet. I only put a couple bucks on it, um, but I won the bet because the Timberwolves won the game, and you just pick who wins. So that's where you kind of look for value, right? If you think a team's gonna win and they're a massive underdog, it's like, oh, okay, I'll put some money on that, and that's just a straight up pick. And then the third one is over under. Okay, how many total points are gonna be scored in the game by both teams combined? If you think it's gonna be over that number, you bet the over. If you think it's gonna be under that number, you bet the under. And again, there's going to be odds attributed to that. But those are the three main ways that you bet on football. Questions? No, no. Pretty, Does that make sense? It's pretty, yeah. Pretty it's, it, it sounds kind of simple. Uh, it is a little complicated if you're looking at all the numbers at the same time on the screen. Um, and then, you know, from that point on, it, it's everyone's got different betting strategies. You know, you're not going to get great value on some picks, but if you think a team's going to win and they're a super big favorite and you just want to pick them to win and you'll get a little bit of money on it, great. Like, let's say when the Patriots were playing the Dolphins, I'm sure the number was stupid uh, for you to pick them to win. But if you picked them to win, you probably would win. If you put like $10 on it, you probably win like $3, right? Because it was a really, really bad value, but you got money. You made some money back because it was an easy choice. Who's making that bet? That's my thing. It's like, who's betting $10 to win three? Like, I, I, That's where I'm like, yeah, I'm not really keen on losing my money like that. Something about it just doesn't sound awesome. But if you're really confident... Yeah, I'm not that confident. I, I would second <laughs> well, guess that's how they get you to pick, 
pick the other Listen, line. I'm not even confident in my fantasy stuff all the time. I'm looking like, uh, it's nine nine fifty something. Like, do I have time to take him out of there today? Might be that you know. So to to put money up, you know, every week and do that, that might be a little. That might give me anxiety. I think well, really bad anxiety. Even if it was a dollar, like one dollar. I would bet a you know, bet a dollar. I'll, I have a dollar. That part I'm not. I know you on. do. Yes. That's what I'm saying. I have a dollar. That that's what I'm <laughs> saying is nice about this. That it's available. Is when you go to Vegas, I feel like you you don't feel like you're allowed to bet a dollar on a game, right? You're like, I'm here. I'm at a sports book. They're gonna like scoff at me for putting a dollar on a game, even though they probably wouldn't. But all right, on, <laughs> changing a dollar <laughs> on the mobile app. It's way different, and, and, and you can you can put a couple of bucks on a game. Literally, I my biggest bet so far has been five dollars. I'm just putting small little numbers on it because it's just a little extra fun. A couple of texts saying that they'd be uh, interested in this, so um, let's do it then. Let's yeah, get, we, let's we can get do the a couple. What they we, want. we can do a part. We can do part of it coming up uh, next week as part of our fantasy scramble, and just have a couple of picks that we like that week. And you know, sometimes they're not going to be picks that we're necessarily putting money on, and we'll I'll let you know that. Like I say, I kind of like this, but I'm not doing it myself because I don't want to. I don't want you to follow along with me if I'm not necessarily a super expert gambler or anything. But so far, I've been doing okay. I've, I've come out positive so far in like the six bets that I've done. So it's been a good start for for my season, which has been nice. So cool. Let's uh, we can start doing that a little bit next week as part of the fantasy scramble. Hour two still to come. We have hated or love it coming up coming up at ten thirty. We got the Seahawks signing Josh Gordon. We've got the Niners winning on Thursday night football. Just how good is San Francisco? That's coming up at ten fifteen in the West Coast bias. And more, this is Football Sunday on The Fan. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.